0: Are back. We are the Yankee Sixers. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll lead off with the Western Eastern Conference Finals. I was wrong a few years early. I was wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you were. And um, you know what? I found out pretty interesting, too. I was thinking about it in our conversations and I found out that you were able to hedge your bets throughout this entire series Waxing poetic about how Brad Stevens how great Brad Stevens is, which he is, and how you wish he was your dad, meanwhile still holding on to that very ballsy Sixers pick. So (laughs) somehow you were able to do that, but how you how you feeling, knowing that they went down in five.
0: I mean, they're probably gonna have LeBron next year. So it is it is what it is. I'm not even (laughs) a Sixers fan, but I I was just really trusting the process. But I'll continue to trust the process. They're young um they're a great they're a great young team so hey man they're exciting and they got a lot of cap room and some young players that they can move around um so the the celtics are incredible just what they've done i mean keep in mind that we've said it before they didn't have their two best players they haven't had them for months the best two players on their team right now are 20 years old 21 They got Al Horford playing like he's a young man again out of Florida, and they got Terry Rozier playing like he's Kyrie Irving, which is just incredible. Um, That team's going to be really good for a really long time. Depending on what LeBron decides to do this summer, uh, it may be Sixers-Celtics for a really long time because I feel like... You know, NBA free agency isn't as crazy as it used to be um, over the over the last few years. Players are getting locked up a lot earlier, so teams might you know be able to stay together for a while longer.
1: Yeah, and I think even if LeBron doesn't go to Philadelphia, I still think that that's they're going to be the uh, the talk of the town in the Eastern Conference. Those two those two teams are going to battle for a long time.
0: Yeah, I'm at the point now though where. You know, LeBron, and we haven't spoken since he hit that game winner and just literally destroyed um, the Raptors. Uh, Raptors Dwayne, also just quit Dwayne in Casey's game four. Career. I mean, I would quit too if I was down 40. But, I mean, yeah, I just... There, I, I, I'm at the point now where... Just, I I don't, I can't doubt LeBron in the Eastern Conference until I see him lose. I need to witness him with my own two eyes lose the Eastern Conference before I believe it. So, of course, I'm going to pick the Cavaliers to go to the finals. Um, you know, I, I it's not even, I mean, maybe the Celtics can take one, maybe two. I think it'll go six, but... Just based off the fact that LeBron can have a couple dud games from his supporting cast because they're so subpar, so but I mean, I will not believe that LeBron's gonna lose again. I won't doubt LeBron until it actually happens, and then I probably still won't believe it for another like couple weeks.
1: Dude, he, he really is—he's he's our generation's best player by far, and and I I know Kobe. You know how great he was, and he was known for his clutch moments, and he was able to win a couple championships even after Shaq carrying the Pau Gasol Lakers. You know he was definitely the second best player on those teams um, with Kobe driving the bus. But I, I've just never seen anything like this. I, I don't. I you you can't even tell me. You can't make a case of who's the second a great second player on this team. Kevin Love has the ability to put up thirty in a game, but he consistently is nothing like what Pau Gasol was for the Lakers. He was nothing what like what Scottie Pippen was with the Bulls. He just it's LeBron. And he's dragging everybody else to a level that no other superstar player can. I don't think there's anyone else in the NBA, including Anthony Davis, who who could do anything close. Or to what, what, yeah, or Durant, which is why he went to join the uh, Warriors, in my opinion. And, you know, the, LeBron is doing everything totally on his own. Um, when he's hitting these game winners, that's two in this postseason alone. It, it's, it's just remarkable what he's doing. And whether you like him, hate him, can't stand him, whatever, you cannot deny how ridiculously great he is.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there is no words to describe him anymore. I mean, he comes up with new ways to just, um, you know, you kind of get into the thing where you forget about how great he is just because he does it so frequently, and he figures out a way to hit that game winner against Toronto, the one, the off-footed floater, I don't even know. Fading away to the baseline, yeah. Yeah, it's just incredible. And, I mean, we really don't have to say much about it because it speaks for itself. I'm not going to go against LeBron anymore until he proves it. So, obviously, a preview for the next next series. I think that the Cavs are going to figure out a way to win it. I don't think they're going to win the finals because the teams on the other coast are much more talented. But and LeBron's going to be worn down at that point, and the talent's just going to overcome him, but I think Eastern Conference, LeBron's going to own it for at least this year.
1: Yes, I agree, and I think it would have been so, so interesting to see what this matchup with Boston, because prior to the season starting, this is what we all wanted to see. We wanted to see Kyrie's Celtics take on LeBron's Cavs, and you're getting that just minus Kyrie, you know. He, uh, which is a little unfortunate if you're an NBA fan to see that soap opera unfold throughout a six or seven game series. But even with his absence, this is going to be a fun series. Boston is playing with a ton of confidence. They're the best coach team in the NBA, as we've explained um, at nauseum, and they're they're just an incredibly gritty and tough team. But Cleveland's got the best player in the world, and you wonder if they can take if they take the first or, or the first two. This could be a four-game sweep, maybe five. But I, I don't see them losing in this yeah. in this series at all. I'd like
0: to give Tyron Lue because he never gets any just a little bit of credit, though. I mean, the the moves he made between series one and series two of this um, are, are pretty. Are, are, are good head coaching moves. I mean, he decides to go with a completely different lineup. He gets something out of Tristan Thompson, which he wasn't getting for basically the entire second half of the season and the first playoffs. And LeBron's really going to need somebody like Tristan Thompson in these later rounds. And he decides to go with the guys LeBron trusts and the guys he trusts that have been there before in Love, Jr., um, Corver, and then... You know, you have Thompson coming back too. Um, it, You know, LeBron gets all the credit and doesn't seem to shoulder any blame. It's like everybody else's fault. When LeBron loses, oh, LeBron doesn't have enough talent around him. I think the head coach deserves a little bit of credit when it comes to putting the right people in the right places because he could have continued to run the most talent out there with Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, Rodney Hood, who refused to play. And you don't want a guy like that in the playoffs, a guy that's bitter at this point in the season um, out there. So I don't think we'll see much of Rodney Hood. And then another guy, the one move that, even though he was expensive, that I think actually worked was George Hill because when healthy, he's a difference maker on defense. Um, but I got to give a little bit of credit to Tyron Lue because – you know, everybody just is gushing over LeBron, deservedly so. He's probably the second great. he definitely is the second greatest player of all time, and he's creeping up on Jordan. Not that he is yet, but um, I think Tyron Lue just deserves a little bit of credit because, you know, it's not all LeBron. He did make some really good coaching moves.
1: Yeah, and I think you made a good point with, with LeBron. You know, when he, when he wins, everybody's, you know, first to say how, how wonderful he is, how transcendently great he is and dominant, which – Obviously, is true, and that's not deniable. However, it is when they lose, is it's well, look at him. I mean, they they don't have any talent. It's you know how he can only do so much. So that's a good point that you mentioned about. And keep in
0: mind, they don't have any talent. Sorry to interrupt, but they don't have any talent because, you know, LeBron is when you're on a one-year deal, it's like you're on a one-year lease, and you're constantly thinking about now instead of the future. So it's really tough to build a team when. Every single year, it's like, we got to win now. We got to win now. And then, you know, LeBron has all the power and rightfully so. He's probably, you know, he's changing basketball right now with the amount of power that he has over the team. But it's just like he when he leaves, like if he leaves the Cavs now, he's going to leave them with almost nothing and not i don't care like i i don't think just lebron like you did the should, first time. yeah i don't think lebron should really care because he's the greatest player of all time and there's been plenty of instances in the history of american sports where it's the other way around where the player gets cut and they're left with nothing and the franchise moves on so i don't think there's anything wrong with it i'm just saying you know it's really tough to build a team when it's constantly a one year lease now 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 and you don't know you know after the nba calendar turns over you don't know what's going to happen
1: yeah and he's you know to your point exactly is he he really is holding them hostage because every move that they're making over the course of an offseason or over the course of the you know going into the trade deadline is Meant, meant just because of what he wants and what he needs and what he's requesting the team do. And they kind of have to bend over backwards for him because if they don't, you know, he, he he's just going to say, I'm going to up and leave, but there's a good chance he up and leaves anyway. Yeah, so it really puts I mean, that team in that in a different in a difficult situation where they could go into basketball purgatory if yep. he leaves because there's no other talent on that we
0: team. We don't have to rattle off all the first rounders that the Cavs have given up and even what the Heat did. I mean, Not that Shabazz... Shabazz Napier has had kind of a resurrection in Portland, but they drafted the guy basically because LeBron tweeted about him, and then LeBron turned around and left Miami, so we don't have to rattle off all the other moves that have been made just to please LeBron, but, you know, it it really mortgages a franchise to have a player with all the power, but, you know, that's the price you pay when you have the greatest player in the world, and you can't lock him into a contract. I mean he does what he wants and he's earned that right at this point
1: yeah and he brought them a championship the the city's first championship since the 60s they can't be mad about anything even if he leaves yep and and you know what he's already shown he'll leave and they might be mad instantly but you're not going to see any more jersey burning you're not going to see any more insanity immortal that that City, you know, having the Indians who have been good, but but haven't won a World Series yet since the 50s. Obviously, the Browns speak for themselves. And to bring that city a, a championship two years ago, and and dis- and voluntarily come back, I know it kind of looked. You know, a little ridiculous from an outsider. Oh, you know, coming on back. But it was what he wanted to do. It was, when he went to Miami, it was what he felt he needed to do at that point in his career. He gained that championship pedigree. He learned what it was like to win. And he was able to take that, those lessons that he learned uh, down in South Beach, back up to Ohio, and and win that city a championship. And they're relevant every year. They're going to be probably in the NBA Finals again. And... I agree with you. I don't see them knocking off either Golden State or Houston. The talent on both those teams is just a little overwhelming, even for the greatness of LeBron James. But hey, if you're you're going to fi- four straight NBA Finals, you know that that really is pretty incredible. And four straight Finals with with the with the uh, Cavs, that would be like seven straight or eight straight.
0: I think it's eight straight. Yeah. Um... You know, nobody's ever really dominated a conference or like this in any sport before. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that LeBron's probably going to find his way into the finals. Um, we can talk about predictions after this, but I think that it's going to end up somehow in a roundabout way after a lot of storylines and in an interesting few months. Right around March Madness, we were saying, you know, Cavs and Warriors, congrats, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, sure enough, it seems like, the first prediction was right. You know, our eyes were right back then. It, it all came back. And um, jumping into the Western Conference. Um,
1: this is the matchup we have wanted to see.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you got Steph Curry, who doesn't look like he's missed a beat, um, coming into this series. And I think that the Warriors are really going to dominate this series. I think that maybe Houston has a game or two where they look great. Just because of the talent, but I think that, you know, I think that that championship pedigree, and just the Warriors being there before they finally decide to turn it on, and I think that they probably get through this series in six.
1: Yeah, the Warriors have that incredible combination of of greatness and experience, and still being a pretty young team. I mean, all of their superstars are still in their primes, and You know, as you alluded to with with Curry not skipping a beat, you know, they had the luxury to rest him through the end of the regular season, kind of, you know, default and and give up the, the first seed. Because in the NBA, that doesn't really matter. You know that if you're a great team, you're a great team. It doesn't matter where you're playing. And you let Durant take over. You let Thompson take over. Get Curry back to where he can come up. I mean, what was it? His first shot in that New Orleans series, he pulls up from 35 and drains it. I mean, it's as if he would. Ne- it's as if he was never gone. And if you need to take some pressure off of him, you know, you're bringing in guys like a Jordan Bell. I mean, they they have just so much talent all over that court and off their bench. Iguodala can run the point. You got Livingston, of course, who, who's really made a name for himself being the backup over there. And I'm very interested to see. Not whether Houston puts up a real series because I don't expect this series to go more than five, but if Houston can—that's bold. Yeah, I really, I really don't. I, I, really don't. I, I'd like to see if what Paul and Harden do in the first game or what they do if they're facing adversity after get, being down 0-1 because so far they've exercised their playoff demons. They've looked very good both of them throughout the throughout the first two rounds. I don't know what's going to show. Which one of them is going to show up in this series? Do they? Do they take over and and show that hey this is this is our time, or do they kind of fold like they have in the past and Golden State runs over them?
0: For me, I don't really consider it exercising your playoff demons because they've been in those rounds before and they've you know most of their careers they've played against teams that they've been better than and their their teams been the higher seed. This is where it's really going to come to show because. I mean, Paul's never been to a conference finals. I think Harden's been to one. So, you know, uh, this is where the playoff demons get exercised. This is where if they win this series, they probably go on to win the finals. This is where you're going to find out whether or not they're choke artists. And I think that they're going to end up, it's going to go six, in my opinion. And I think the Warriors are going to win. I think that they're still more talented than the Rockets. And I think that they just have more experience and they're just better players, and I just think that Paul and Harden are going to end up, you know, getting nervous and choking it away. Um, there's, you know, really not much to say besides that. I think that the Warriors are going to end up. I think the Warriors are going to end up coming out and winning Game One and shocking the Rockets, and then it's going to be. You think it's
1: going to be a blowout? You think they just take it to them?
0: I think it's probably going to be like a 10 to 12 point win, but it's going to feel more like one of those, it's going to be one of those games where it's like they were up 20 and then they just let the Rockets kind of back into it at the end when it didn't even really matter. And it's going to feel like they got blown out by 25, even though the scoreboard only says 12. And then I think, you know, maybe the Rockets can grab game two um, and they can figure out a way to go six. That's what I think.
1: All right, yeah, I mean, five, six, I mean, I don't think any of us predict that it could possibly even go seven. You know, that combination that Golden State has of experience and greatness because they have, you know, Houston needs both Paul and Harden to play at their best to really have a chance. I know they have good supporting cast in Ariza and Capella And uh, and Eric Gordon, but they're not. They don't hold a, a, a candle to you know Durant and and Thompson well, yeah. and, Dr- and and Draymond Green and Iguodala. There's and-
0: nobody that matches up against the Warriors well, and if there's anybody that can counteract what the Rockets are doing, it's it's um it's the Warriors because you have Clay Thompson, who's probably one of the best perimeter defenders, gonna gonna lock up. Um, Got to lock up Harden. And then Curry, I know he's a little bit hurt, but you can throw so many guys at CP3. CP3 is a little bit older. You can wear him down. And then the combination of um, all these big, long guys that you have between Durant, Draymond Green, Looney, the list goes on that you can just neutralize Capella, who's just a dunk. And then you have all these other guys, these supporting casts, Quinn Cook and you know, all the other guys on the Warriors that can, you know, close out on threes and actually hit a three themselves on the other side. Jordan Bell is a good defender. Yeah, I don't know how much he's been playing lately, but, I mean, I just think the talent is going to be too much and the matchups are going to be too much for the Rockets. And, you know, the two superstars are not going to be enough for them, and I don't think the two superstars are going to be playing well enough for them to, um, to come away with this series. And, yeah, I think... If I were to give you, you know, an easy prediction, we've been predicting it since March, although there was a couple bumps in the road on my part. <laughs> <laughs> just um, a few. Um, I think that, you know, the Warriors don't really struggle much with this series. I think actually the Cavaliers on the other side struggle a little bit more, but they both find their way into the finals, and then, you know, the Warriors are just... I think that you're going to see, you know, everybody says, oh, they have that that championship hangover and whatever. You're not going to see that in this round. You're not going to see that in the next round. They're going to take care of business, and they're going to be champions again.
1: Yeah, and they, this is not that is not an attitude that's carried out by Steve Kerr because A, as a player, he was a part of multiple back to back championships with the Bulls, and, and uh,
0: I think he won with the Spurs
1: too. And with the Spurs as well. So, and then you've got you know Curry, who's just as hungry as he was when he. When he won his first one, you got Durant who wants to continue to add to his legacy with another. Draymond Green is the last person that's complacent, and then you've got Thompson. Thompson just yeah loves, loves to play basketball. Right, so all he likes to do is there, play basketball. There's nothing that the that this team would shows that would indicate that there's any kind of finals hangover. They want to win. They want to win a lot. And they're a team that understands that throughout the regular season, they're going to have to give their guys rest when they need it. Yeah, they may not show up on certain nights because they know at the end of the year, and that's part of the reason that the NBA is kind of toxic to some fans is You know, the great teams know that at the end of the day, they're going to be there as soon as they want to turn on the, as soon as they want to flip the switch, they're going to turn it on and they're going to show that they're one of the best teams, you know, in the league. So should we say it? Yeah.
0: Congrats to the the 2018 2018 champion Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, we've only been saying that for how long, but... (laughs) You know, it took, us, it took us a roundabout way, but we're still going to get to that we're same NBA Finals. Point. And that's I don't know if the NBA should be happier about it or what. I'm not going to debate about ratings or anything, but no. I think it should be... I think this this these two series are going to be more interesting than the Finals.
1: I think so, too, and I think, you know, the NBA was certainly hoping that the Celtics were at full strength, I think, because that would have been much more of a series. I think they were also expecting... That Toronto wouldn't just roll over and die in the way that they did. I'm sorry, and I I just want to deviate slightly. I gotta, I gotta go off on the Raptors. What a bunch of quitters! I mean, they looked. I can't get over. There, we just discussed what's wrong with this team. The gutless, gutless performances in games one and two, and in game four, and in game. I don't care. And in game four, I understand that you're losing and you're down 03 and you're in and you're in Cleveland. But do you have no pride? Do you have no interest in you in you're your professional players. You don't even look like you wanna be there. They just rolled over, it looked like the Giants in that Rams game where everybody was running away from whoever had the ball. It was disgraceful. And that's what probably got Dwayne Casey fired, because even though he won Coach of the Year, which I think is a ridiculous award because they don't actually care. I don't even know who's voting. How Brad Stevens didn't even get a first-place vote is beyond me.
0: Wait, Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year? Yeah. Oh god. Dwayne
1: Casey won coach of the year and then he got fired subsequently the next day. What the which fuck? goes to show what what a ridiculous award that is. I know
0: I should know that, but like what the fuck?
1: Yeah, he won coach of the year because they were the one seed in the East. Gutless performance. Gutless. You can't have you can't have that and they're going to have to blow up that team because DeRozan doesn't show up in big in big games he's he's a very he's not a kind of talent that's going to take over a game Lowry is not going to I mean they can't beat LeBron and you can't you know give him crap for not for not winning the series I don't think any of us really believe that they were thought but at least they would put up a fight there but it looked just like they had no interest in playing those games it
0: looked like LeBron was just like playing a pickup game like working on his game out there like it was mid-summer like he didn't even like he was just like, I'm just gonna shoot off one leg and hit a game winner or fuck it. But I mean I guess I, I can't believe he won Coach of the Year. I probably should know that. And but Brad Stevens
1: I'm- didn't even get a first place vote. I don't know who's voting on these awards. I think it's the coaches, and I think it but I think they're handing their ballots to the ball boys or whatever because I'm clearly no one cares. Because yeah. if Dwayne Casey's winning Coach of the Year and Brad Stevens isn't getting a first place vote, why don't you just get rid of the award?
0: Sorry, Dad. <laughs> but um <laughs> but you know um Dwayne Casey was kind of the out man you can't put all the blame on him when you have you know a team that doesn't have enough three-point shooting although they try although he tried to get them as best they could to shoot the three more this year and you have you know just not a very well constructed war uh, a roster to go against the to go against the Cavs there's not much you can do you got to blame the GM and you got to you got to put some blame on the superstars. I mean, I wouldn't say Lowry's a superstar. DeRozan probably is. but nah,
1: he, I, I do not put him in a superstar class. A superstar's got to win more than what he's done.
0: I, I agree. He's but a very
1: good player. From the
0: NBA's perspective, he was an all-star starter. If you're an all-star starter, I consider that a superstar.
1: I just know? consider you a star. I think you're a very good player. He's a very, okay. very, very good player.
0: Regardless, I mean, he's he was considered the best player on a number one seed so somebody had to go obviously it's going to be Dwayne Casey I kind of wish that he was around for the Knicks to at least give him an interview I wish they had waited but that's a classic Knicks thing to do is not wait to see which coaches get fired regardless of that (laughs) he had to go I don't know what they're going to do in Toronto I mean they're going to get passed by by next year Best case scenario, they're a three seed because the Cavaliers don't have LeBron. They're going to get passed by by the Celtics. They're going to get passed by by the... Uh, 76ers, and they might even get passed by by Milwaukee because that team had a lot of talent. And if they can get a coach that actually has you know a pulse, a living pulse that knows how to coach basketball, maybe a Dwayne Casey, um,
1: that would be interesting. Then they're going to be they're going to be you know that's
0: going to pass them by as well. So that's three teams right there that are going to be better than them. This was really their year to at least make some noise in the Eastern Conference Finals. And like you said, I didn't really expect them even with the coach of the year Jesus Christ I didn't even know about that I didn't expect them to win and beat LeBron but yeah that was that was a fireable offense
1: and that's what I'm saying it, it's it, it's not about losing okay so the you're the GM losing to-
0: who has fleeced the Knicks twice, once with the Denver trade, once with the – that was for Carmelo Anthony, and then he turned around, just changed teams, and went and did it again with the Andre Bargnani trade. Don't get me started. Okay, don't get me started. He he has fleeced the Knicks twice, made some other savvy moves. O.J. Ananobi was a great pick, but besides that, he deserves some flack too for not building a good enough roster to even –
1: take a game from but LeBron. that's what i'm saying and and on paper the, the talent is there and you saw in the regular season and i don't know if that's just speaking to the ineptitude of the eastern conference and the fact that the cavaliers were not great for most of the season the fact that boston went through some struggles especially when losing uh kyrie um but you know what show that you care and show that you try because in the last two years they forced six games and none and they were the most one-sided six game series you'll ever see but at least they got it to six i mean it didn't even i mean the the lead that they blew in game two at home was you knew the series was over but then they lose to game three on that lebron james ridiculous game winner but then in game four it's like listen you're not going to win the series everybody knows that but show up play hard. The Cavaliers, even with LeBron's greatness, are not a fantastic team. They're not a team that should roll over and sweep you. And for them to just give up the way that they did, collapse the way that they did, and look like they had no interest in even playing that basketball game and couldn't get back up to the border quick enough to go back into Canadian purgatory, you know, that's all they wanted. They had no interest in playing, and to me that's a test of character. Not even so much coaching. Coaching a little bit, but you know what? He was good enough to get them there. That's to me the the toughness on the court. That's Kyle Lowry not being able to take take charge. That's Demar Derozan not being able to enter that next strata of talent and and superstar, as you said. Um, and they have a, just a bunch of other guys. I mean, Valanciunas is a really good player. Where was he? There's no threat that Cleveland has to him. He should have his he should have his way. Ibaka down low, same thing.
0: Abaka has become a shell of of an inside player and a shot blocker. He just fell in love with a three and basically forgot that he's seven foot with a seven foot whatever wingspan. But, I mean, yeah, uh, they didn't even put up a fight. It, w- it was embarrassing. And at least you can say of about my Philadelphia 76ers, they're young and they blew some leads, but at least that series but felt a lot a, more interesting than a five-game series. And that's series. a
1: young team who hasn't been there before. That was this Raptors team series. has been there a yeah. couple of times. They don't have that excuse to You can say guy. for the
0: Raptors, the window is as good as well slammed slam shut. Oh, for sure. With the teams, they're like over. we mentioned, coming up, and LeBron still, as of now, in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, as you said, even if LeBron to,
1: James isn't in Philly, Philly's better. If, he, if Celtics are clearly better, yep. and then Milwaukee might be better.
0: And the Sixers. Um, but, you know, I, I don't feel bad for Dwayne Casey, but I know it's not all his fault. But when you get beat that bad as a one seed and you win Coach of the Year, there's got to be an outman, and... Sorry, I mean, the GM's not going to fire himself, so it, it just had to be you. But let's segue into some MLB, because I think we know how these two series are going to go. I think we know who's going to end up in the finals. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, it's been a really fun season. we got a couple weeks left. I, I think the NBA season drags, but and everybody else, I think, feels the same way. Yeah. But, you know, it's been a really interesting season between the injuries and and all these teams that haven't been good for a while coming up, but still going to end up with the same old, same old.
1: Same old, same old, at least for another year. And the other chapter,
0: chapter four of this shit. Yep,
1: and, and listen, like you could say that's great for the league. You could say it's bad for the league. Either way, they're going to draw a boatload of eyeballs. There's going to be drama and storylines left and right. And what will be interesting is if the finals matchup that we expect to happens, how, how does that play out? Does LeBron find a way to win five get series, one you know, or two games, know. or or does he, or do they go down easy, and then he has his exit strategy already planned out as as the final as the final game ends?
0: Yeah, we'll see. It's coming up soon. It is. Um, let's
1: get into some Major League Baseball right now. Um, Let's We're talk about Matt Harvey first. And, yeah, so last week we finished up our podcast discussing and speculating what could be next for Matt Harvey.
0: Yeah, and you know what? There was a trade made, a very convenient trade, because the Mets happened to be in Cincinnati at the time. They get a former All-Star in Devin Masarocco who – has had a lot of injury trouble, but hey, you never know. I mean, the it's Mets better than are, any catcher that they have. Exactly, the Mets are desperate for a catcher. If they can figure out how to nurse this guy back to health and have even a semblance of his all-star form, totally worth it for the Mets. Um, and I think totally worth it for the Reds because you know the Yankees didn't even get an opportunity to even kick the tires on him because you knew they weren't going to trade for him. You knew the Mets wouldn't trade with the Yankees. Um, and surprisingly, much to you know what we didn't think would happen. There, there was actually a trade made. Harvey goes to the Reds, where pretty much, you know, I've never been to Cincinnati, but as far as I know, all that there is there to do is sit and think about pitching. Uh, it's not like going out in New York. But he pitched last night against the Dodgers. I got the line right here for you.
1: Oh, he got four it. innings,
0: one hit, zero runs, two strikeouts. I texted you last night about 11:30. I was watching the game on MLB Network. He's up to 96 miles an hour. He already looks like. I mean, maybe just getting into a different uniform. He already looks like, you know, a much better pitcher than he did over in New York. And I think that he can really turn it around. Like I said, you know, I I don't mean to toot my own horn here and give myself a pat on the back. But, you know, why don't you relax over there? I know you're a little pissed off. I know you're upset that you were wrong. I was wrong about the Sixers. We've all been wrong wrong before. But, you know. I think that Harvey's going to have a decent second half to the season. The Reds might have done this so that he can pitch well for them and then they can flip him at the trade deadline for something else because they're not winning anything anytime soon. And I think that he's going to be a contributor for whatever team he's on for the next couple years. Like I said, I don't think he's going to be the dark knight or whatever you you want to call him. I don't think he's going to be an ace. But if he can be a 3-4 starter throwing 96 miles an hour, a Charlie Morton-type pitcher on Houston where, you know, people are saying, holy shit, you're five starters going out there and dominating sometimes, I mean – I think any team will sign up for that. As long as he can get his off-the-field shit together, which getting cut from a team and having to pitch for a bad team in Cincinnati might, you know, if that doesn't do it for you, then you're not going to be in the league very long. I think he can figure it out. And I think that he still is a major league arm, and I think he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I know it's one start, it's but one I was start. saying this before. Yeah, you were. You were. And, and you know, his velocity was up in some starts with the Mets this year, too. And not not to ninety six, but he was he had some games. Even in spring training, he had looked good where people were saying, Oh, he's back to at least, you know, a two or three starter. But I think what you said is true about the off the field stuff. You know, you're pitching in Cincinnati, you're a stones throw away from Kentucky. There's nothing going on out there. You know, there there's no clubs to go out to, there's no bars to go out to, there's no supermodels hanging around the clubs in Cincinnati. None that I'd want to see anyway. So <laughs> so and probably none that he wants. So he's going to have a lot of time to, to work on his game, conti- to continue to make strides. He's pitching for a team that gets no, no attendance. They're the worst team in baseball. Um, and like you said, if he can, if he can string together you know, two months, two and a half months of, of good starts and show that he's healthy, yeah, you could probably use him as an asset to acquire one or two good young players um, at the trade deadline. As for the Mets, I think that the Mesuraco pickup was good. When I initially saw it, I was I thought, "Wow, like that's a trim- they got a lot for for a guy that they just DFA'd." But then I remembered of how hurt he's been, how unproductive he's been. But he's worth kicking the tires on because their catching is so inept. Even if you had Pulawski and Darno, they're not great. So why not take a chance on them? Uh unfortunately for them, and because they are the Mets, it seems like it doesn't matter what who who's managing the team. They batted out of order, and they lost two of three to the Reds. That was Tom shaking his head over here. It's amazing. And, of course, it came on an RBI single, uh, so the guy was out and the run didn't score. And segueing just into the Mets, it just goes to show you, you can't take a lot in 15 games because they looked great in those first 15 games. But, man, they – and it's not just the injuries; they look bad, Tom. They look real bad.
0: Yeah, I think that they're they're probably going to be an up and down team all year. They'll probably get hot again for for a period of time. They, their starters are too good to to be a basement team. But they can't hit. They can't hit. Yeah, there's not there's not much else you can say. I mean. Uh, we predicted the Mets were going mi- to miss out on the playoffs. They At the beginning, they looked like a playoff team, but you knew that wasn't going to hold up. We did
1: think that if things went well, they could be a wild-card team.
0: I mean, yeah, we guess Adrian Gonzalez will be playing well. He's playing a little bit better than you know the Mets expected. He's still in the lineup. Um, but you know there's not much else to say that besides Rosario and maybe Frazier. Yeah, I mean, that's he's promising. He started off hot. You know, I think he's going through a little bit of a rookie slump. He'll figure that out. Cespedes is hurt now. Surprise, surprise. You know, he looked motivated at the beginning of the year, but how long was that going to last on a team that doesn't really look like it's going to win anything? I think there's
1: something to be said for Cespedes that he's been on four teams. I mean, his talent is so great that why would you give up on him? You know, if he's so good, why would you ever let a guy like that I mean, people forget that he
0: was on the Red Sox, and they drove him to the airport. Oh, yeah. And he's – a, an amazing
1: talent. He would have been built for that park, and yeah. he wanted no part of playing there.
0: Yeah, no. So I mean, there's not much else to say. If Cespedes doesn't stay healthy, the Mets may end up finishing, you know, behind the Marlins because the Marlins have been kind of hot lately. But, and
1: you've got the Braves who are looking like the last year's Yankees, or if you want to put an analogy to the NBA, like the 76ers, man. They look really yeah, good. They've won straight road They're games. probably two
0: years away, but you know, I, and they're going to go through their struggles, but Acuna looks you know, like a transcendent talent. That team all together, they've, they've strung a pitching staff together with some veterans and some young guys. Um, Tehran's still their ace. Um hopefully maybe the Yankees can go out and get him but you know they they've they've got it seems to got something going on there um on the other side a team that we thought could be a wild card team probably the Twins just don't look good at all Byron Buxton has been hurt um but their pitching staff looks horrible they had Barrios really hot at the beginning of the year they don't look there there's really nothing good to say about them. I mean, even Dozier doesn't look very good right now
1: no and and I think that's a product of Dozier wants that extension they're not they're not doing anything with him, but I'll tell you one thing if they continue to bottom out like this they're gonna they're gonna be able to trade him for some very valuable young talent. Somebody will really take it. Will would love to have a Brian Dozier. Yeah, and
0: you know what? Second basemen that are actually productive on the on at the plate are are few and far between and hard to come by. Although the Yankees have a Gleyber Torres who looks like a great rookie right now, Um, but they are hard to come by. And somebody will give up a good amount for them. I don't know if it's maybe the Dodgers if they're looking to make a move or or somebody else. But I don't think he'll. You know, they will get a lot if they're willing to give him up. The Um, crazy
1: thing is, though, in in the AL Central is despite how awful they've been, they're only three or four games back because Cleveland has not hit their stride yet. Yeah. We both expect them to, but they're not there yet.
0: I mean, I think we said on the predictions podcast it's only going to take like 90, you know, low 90s to win this division. We kind of figured the talent was evenly spread out there and that they're all going to beat each other up and that Cleveland was going to end up coming out on top. Um, you know, maybe Cleveland has one of those win streaks in them like they did last year. I think Cleveland's going to pull away, actually. I don't think it's going to be close because Minnesota's so bad, but it's not going to take much to uh to win this division. I think, you know, I think it's going to be a lot tougher to win the West. I think it's going to be a lot tougher to win the East, and it's going to be a lot tougher to win the, I mean, the Yankees and Red Sox speak for themselves. Two best teams in baseball. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I mean the Angels. segue into that, Otani looks. You know when he plays. I wish they would. Pl- I wish they would let him hit a little bit more. He
1: went deep again the other night. Yeah, he's
0: got five now. I I wish that they would let him play a little bit more. He's a dominant pitcher, but you know Mike Trout is the greatest player of all time. Um, <laughs> I've been saying that for years. Statistically, so one of the great. best careers he is ever. So great, he is so uh, great. got his three thousandth hit, and that team finally looks to be. You know. Garrett Richards finally is pitching again after being injured. He's pitching really well, and they got a couple well, of good aside starters. From
1: that Yankee start, they're getting to get out of the second inning.
0: Yeah, but you know everybody has a bad start here and there. He's been really good. Besides that, um, that the team looks Skaggs pretty good. Looks good. Yeah,
1: no, they have a they have
0: a decent looking team. Um, I think that you know maybe they could end up taking that wild card away from the Twins. Definitely, right now they're in first place. Um, and, and I think, obviously, do we don't really have to say much about the Astros.
1: No, the Astros, I mean, they still haven't hit their stride yet either. Not they, even close, but they But the dominating. way that they can pitch and the way that they have their timely hitting, I mean, they are – you watch them play, and I know the Yankees took three of four, but all of those games were really, really tight. I mean – that, that Verlander game, you know, they simply lost. they got to improve their bullpen, though. If there's, a, if there's a flaw on that team, their bullpen is not very good. And I know that we talked about where if they get into the postseason, some of those hard-throwing starters are going to turn out into their bullpen because they really only need three or four starters. But right now, to get through the regular season, they don't have a closer they trust. They don't have a setup man they trust. Davinsky hasn't been nearly as good as he was last year. Ken Giles is punching himself in the face. They don't look great. Uh, in the back end, but you know they're gonna bludgeon teams with some of their offensive uh, production and you know they're starting pitching. Yes, Garrett Cole and Verlander yeah. and Keichel and McCullers and Morton are going to give you a chance to win every single timeout.
0: Yeah, and the bullpen thing, I mean they're still probably gonna, you know, lead the lead the MLB in wins this year. Um but the bullpen is really gonna if they don't make a move it's it's not gonna show until the to the playoffs. I look at them but a but lot I mean, even like I look last at Boston. Year, even last their year bullpen, their bullpen was you know, you, you never really trusted Giles. You never really trusted anybody else. They might have had one pitcher and then Morton coming out of the bullpen that, that you really trusted, but they didn't have a great bullpen last year and they seemed to figure it out, so
1: yeah, and for all the bullpen talk, you know, the Yankees have, have had their struggles, and I know there, a lot of it's due to injury with uh, with Canley being out and Warren being out and having to overuse guys like a Betances to pitch a second inning when, you know, he really only won. And he gave yeah. it, gives up a
0: cheap home run, of course, to um, what well, J.D. Martinez. Yet the
1: short-porth giveth, <laughs> the short-porth taketh it away. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, that was the biggest Yankee Stadium home run I've ever seen. But it, 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 it's, that's not his first time having issues uh, having issues in the second inning of work.
0: Boone's not really doing – if there's one thing I have to say about it, though, he's not really doing a great job managing the bullpen. He's overusing the guys he trusts, which is, a, which is a young manager move because he doesn't want to screw up this hot streak. But, he, you know, there's three guys in that bullpen that he just hasn't touched. I mean, maybe he doesn't trust them, but...
1: Well, you don't want to have both A.J. Cole and David Hale don't have purpose on this team. I'd rather rather an Adam Lind off the bench to pinch hit or a Clint Frazier because you only need one long guy, and if you're not using them, what's the point of wasting a roster Well, yeah, or
0: maybe those games that you get off to a hot start and, and you're up... 10-0 10-0 in the sixth inning or 7-0 in the sixth inning. Put them in for an inning and just let them get their feet wet. Just because you don't you don't need to throw your 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 ace your aces there, your bullpen aces there. Uh, because who cares if you give up three runs? It's still seven to three. It's still not even a save situation. And you know, you want to get these guys and see what they got just because you know, you turn around and then you have to throw Batances a second inning when you know he's not comfortable doing that. Had those guys had experience and built up your confidence in him, maybe one of those guys would have been an option. Yep. Or maybe they would have been an option the inning before, and then you pitch Batances. Yeah,
1: and the other thing that I'm not a, a It's just a waste, that's it, all. It is. It's And that's a huge my waste. only
0: complaint about Boone so far is, um, is that he seems to be slightly mismanaging the bullpen. It is early. The Yankees have the best record in baseball or, or one of the top three records in baseball. Yeah, they're tied so with bullpen for so best, there's So yeah. there's really not much I compla- can complain about. But, I mean, if there's one thing I had to say is the mismanagement of the bullpen is it's it's nerve-wracking. I mean, I know in the playoffs... You know, with all those days off, your bullpen's really going to get shortened up, anyways. But
1: yeah, and you're getting Kaimley back in a, in a week or two, and you're getting Warren back a couple a little bit after that. And those are two guys that he likes to go to the well with. The one thing that's that I'm not a big fan of and I wonder what your point what you would have to say about this too is, you know, Chad Green last year, part of what made him so great was he was a multi-inning reliever where you wouldn't touch him for 3 days, but you could kind of plan him around a Sonny Gray start or a Tanaka start and he could come out and give you two innings or two and a third almost as like a as a super reliever, you know, an Andrew Miller of 2016. And I feel like his his production and his value has diminished a little bit by Boone kind of making him a one-inning reliever where you can use him in back-to-back days. I think yeah. his strongest, because you have enough of those one-inning relievers between Batances and Robertson and Chapman and Canely, and you can use I think what makes Green so valuable is he gives you that kind of arm but for multiple innings.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I just wish that you would kind of flip-flop the way Batances has been being used and Chad Green, because Batances is that type of guy where you can pitch him, you know, three days in a row for one inning, and he's better at that than he is with you know the the multiple innings because he comes out throws gas, but he's not rusty. Um, he's comfortable, and Potanis is better when he pitches consistently for one inning. Why, and, and Chad Green is the reverse, so why are we doing it flip-flopped? Um, I completely agree. Just the bullpen overall for Boone has been the one thing that's a little bit subpar. Um,
1: and the bullpen's across the best teams in the American League, as we referenced to the to the Astros' struggles. Uh, Anaheim certainly doesn't have a great bullpen, and we just watched that Yankees-Red Sox series. Even Kimbrell has his shaky moments, but that middle bullpen and the late-inning relievers prior to Kimbrell, they're not good.
0: No, yeah, the Yankees definitely have a better bullpen but I mean I think we should cap it off with talking about the Yankees and the Red Sox and do a little bit of gushing Um, but just before that let's talk a little bit about the trade deadline I saw an article about how the Cubs are going to go hard after Machado I don't want to say the Cubs could use him but the Cubs have been a little bit cold lately Um, and Addison Russell I mean he's he's a shell of himself this year Um, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat to be quite honest this year and they look like they could use a shortstop yeah Um, and
1: i bet you they they have
0: the horses to go out and trade him trade for him too
1: they do and i bet if you use an addison russell as a trade bait and and baltimore can take a young shortstop you know back i bet they would be all in on. oh
0: absolutely that and maybe an arm or two um and, you know, the Cubs, uh, and uh, they're going to be, the Bo- Orioles will be happy to trade with the Cubs, where he's not in the same league, that he doesn't have to come back to haunt them. I think all the writing is, is on the wall for uh, uh, Machado to the Cubs. And you know Epstein's going to be aggressive with that. Yeah, and they figure out how to sign him to a long extension, and... But that's fine by me. Keep him out of the American League. That's yep. that's fine. I, I don't want to see him to the World Series, but I, I can't really think of any other trades off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, it's so early. I mean, I think it's obvious watching certain teams what the what they need to bolster their chances for a stretch run. Yeah. Houston desperately needs another another top reliever. Red Sox Boston well. needs another really good Yankees reliever. Yankees will probably get a starter. Yankees need a starter or two.
0: Although I have to say, I'll give you a little bit of credit just before we jump into Yankees-Red Sox talk. Uh, Domingo Herman looked great and he's starting again today um but he looked great on what it must have been the day we recorded
1: six no hit innings and you know what's what was interesting and the reason that I made that point is it's certainly not to make me you know sound smart which of course I am but it's (laughs) right (laughs) um no I mean he he's a guy that you watch him pitch and he's not one of these these guys that comes up for a spot start and he doesn't really do anything great and the league hasn't caught up with him. He's got plus stuff. He throws a mid-90s fastball with movement. He's got a really good change-up. He's got a solid slider. He's a three-pitch pitcher and he's got good cadence on the mound. It looks like he's confident. I mean, he looks like a young, like a you know, a little lesser version of Severino as far as what he throws and how he commands the mound. And not to say that he's going to turn into the next Severino or the next great Yankee starter, but hey, you got he was kind of the guy in peace, in the Nathan Ivaldi trade, and who, and it could at the end of the day, he could be the one that won that trade.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. And he's got know, great it stuff. Took, it took a little while, but your de- every team is desperate for starters, and even if he's a, a three or a four starter for the next few years, you know, yeah, that's something. Yep. We'll take that to the bank. And he's a great placeholder
1: day. for Montgomery, and maybe when Montgomery comes back and he's still throwing great, you have him. I think the Yankees are going to find a way to make a move that is going to kind of cancel out what the Astros did with Verlander last year. We got a couple months to to lead up to that, so we don't need to go too far into it. I really think a guy with postseason performance on a bad team, a guy like a Madison Bumgarner, I think it's way too early, but I think all signs point to that. The Giants are not a great team. I know they're around 500, but they're decimated with injuries. Bumgarner hasn't pitched a game yet. He's coming back in a couple of weeks. He's going to get probably five or six starts in before the deadline the Giants know that they're not winning that division the two teams ahead of them well the three with the Dodgers but you know that the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are going to be relevant for a while they're young they have a lot of talent they're not going anywhere the Giants have some assets that they're going to have to sell off and rebuild a very barren farm system and you know trading your franchise pitcher it's going to be tough but you know the Tigers had to do it with Verlander and the Giants might have to see that too and what better way for the Yankees to go into a postseason series on a team that's supposed to win it all by than you know having the best postseason starter of our generation going out there for a start?
0: No, yeah, absolutely. And just to talk about the Yankees, um, we said I think that you know not to sound super fanboyish, but just it's it's nice to see the Yankees and the Red Sox, um, you know, having sharing the best record in baseball and being relevant again. The Yankees, I think, have you know, a better lineup top to bottom just by a little bit. The Red Sox are a little more athletic. um, And I think that they have just a slightly bit better pitching staff, but both great teams. Um, Before we jump into gushing over the Yankees and how, you know, the panic buttons ceases to exist at this point. I'm pushing the panic button on Sonny Gray, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, and you know what's crazy is we obviously a couple weeks ago said he sucks. Let's use that ten day DL. And then, you know, he had a really good start against Houston, the best lineup in the American league. Then he followed that up with another stellar start against Cleveland. And you think that he's turning it around, he's got his personal catcher in Romine. It seems like things are clicking. And I don't know whether it was just he had that extra day of rest or whether it was he was facing his old team for the first time. But Oakland came in and smacked him around last night. Gave up three home runs in five innings, five earned runs. And I I tell you what, man. I, I watch him pitch, and I'm having flashbacks to Michael Pineda and AJ Burnett. It's like you watch him when he's on you. you and he he, you know, it's it's like seductive watching him pitch his good games because he's so great. But you then you watch the next game. He can't throw the ball over the plate. He can't. He looks timid to throw to throw the fastball. It's like it's totally Jekyll and Hyde, and it can change so quickly, not even in, from start to start, but in the middle of a game. You know, Burnett was the master at that. He'd come out, throw two perfect innings, striking out five of six. Then he couldn't throw the ball over the plate, and he's out in the fourth inning, giving up three runs.
0: Yeah, I never like a starter where, you know, automatically the, the long reliever is on the edge of his seat, you know, loosening up his arm every inning because you just never know. Um, I mean, they gave up a lot to get him. So I I really don't know what you can do. You can't just you can't just put him in the bullpen. I, I I just don't know. I you can't put him in the bullpen and make him a long reliever. You've given up too much and he's too talented to do that, but I mean, at this point, I mean, uh, trade him for Matt Harvey? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I, I really don't know. I was expecting I really a big – we
1: were both expecting pretty big season out of him. And No, yeah. The season still we young. We said on the but, preview
0: on the first pod ever, I you know, I thought he was going to be, you know, the Yankees' third pitcher, but he was going to pitch like an ace, and – I, I think I was more wrong about that than anything I've said all year. But I was Sixers, right there backing you up, man. You know, all these other things that, I, that I've been wrong about. I've been right a lot. I mean, I'm pretty fucking smart. Oh, but, please. But I don't know what to say. The guy has too good of stuff to be nitpicking and that's what he is and we've talked it to death we've talked enough about it we said it last time but he can't be nibbling when you throw 96.
1: No and and you and he doesn't have an excuse now because he's got his personal catcher and that so he doesn't have you know he doesn't have the equity to to make excuses you got to go out and pitch and I know Oakland's got some talented powerful young young hitters and they're you know playing with a little bit of swagger Chris Davis is is a really good hitter but you know what it's the Oakland Athletics. They're not a playoff team. They're not a great team. You got to pitch better against, and they're aggressive. Use their aggressiveness against them. Throw that curveball down in the dirt and get them to swing yeah, instead no, of throwing I a know. fastball right down the middle of the plate.
0: I think that you know, like I said earlier, maybe he maybe he has a, sk- a start that they skip of his or something. Maybe two. Um, you know, I, I don't know what else you can do. I know the Yankees are short a pitcher right now, but I, I really don't know what to do. They're going
1: to have to run him out there and hope for the best before the deadline, and you can maybe then bump him back if you need to. But he's too important. Now... If you want to gush a little bit about, as we're, you know, people are probably listening and saying, oh, you're complaining about a team that's won 17 of 20 games. You know, they please. look great,
0: all in all. I know I shit on the bullpen. I shit on Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray deservedly so. And I made Aaron Boone sound like the Mets manager right now. Um, they've been great. I mean, the, and we said this even when we were joking around about the panic button thing. Um, long season. We were upset at the beginning just because, you know, you don't expect the team to get off to a slow start, but you knew they were going to turn it around. Giancarlo Carlos wasn't going to stay down that long, and the rest of the team wasn't going to stay down that long. And it's at the point now where even though Andujar's cold, you know, he's gone a little bit cold, it's like all right, next man up, who's hot now? And everybody, Torres seems to be hot now. Um, Torres looks
1: like the real deal, man. I, I think he's that next great young player in Major League Baseball. He looks a lot like you know Correa when he came up and a lot like a Lindor when he came up.
0: Yeah, no, they have an exciting team across the board. Judge just looks like he took a step forward. Um, I don't want to say Judge is, you know, slump-proof, but it looks like it's at the point now where he's never going to go into another dive because – He's he's even better. He's he's I think he's getting walked at a higher rate this year than last year when he read when he led Major League Baseball in walks and. You know, now he's taking those singles that he has to hit instead of trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark every single time. You know, he'll get the RBI single, or he'll hit the runner over to third, or he does all these professional hitter things that he didn't do last year, and he just looks, you know, like another MVP candidate. And Sanchez still hasn't completely gotten going, but he's Um, had some huge hits. Absolutely, and Stanton seems to be rounding into form. He's he's starting to heat up with the weather, and
1: he's built up some strong. Equity in the bank for what he's done against Boston this year. No, absolutely. the um, Red Sox.
0: And, yeah, the Yankees just look great. The Yankees look like what we expected them to be at the beginning of the year, and I'm really excited. It should be, you know, a fun summer to watch this team. Finally a team I can care about. You know, just like last year when they went to the ALCS, you know, I, I'm in sports purgatory with the Knicks. The Jets have a quarterback finally, hopefully. Um but Do
1: you get a 2009 feel watching this Yankee team in the late innings? It seems like I can never turn a game off. Because yeah. even if they look pretty, pretty, you know, as if they're like sleepwalking through the first six or seven innings, it's I mean, like yeah, they just be- decide, okay, it's time. Like even the, even the third game of that series against Boston, they came yeah. back to 4-4 in the eighth. I mean, they, they have that. For, it's like this Yankee team, it's like they're better late and you can never turn them off.
0: Yeah, no, it, it'll be like either I'll turn the game off or I'll be out and not watching and the, it'll be 5 nothing, and then I'll look at my phone and be like, oh man, it's tied up at 5-5, five five. i got to put this thing on. And 2009 feel in that sense I completely agree where you know they they they're never out of a game. Everybody is getting good at bats even if you're down 5-nothing and they're coming back. I'm even more excited about this team cuz 2009, you knew it just even felt like it at the time that this was it was a one-year fun thing and that I didn't think they were going to be great for a long time. This team's even more fun because they come back just like that 2009 team did, but you were like, wow, I, I think I'm going to be enjoying this for a few years. It's you know? crazy.
1: There was an article I read on Bleacher Report, and they, and it was basically talking about how the team that lost in Game 7 of the LCS last year was the worst Yankee team that's going to be on the field in the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I- I'm really excited Which for it. Which is insane. And, um, you know, I can't I can't wait for the rest of the season. Um, by the time we talk next, uh, it'll be... You know, we'll be in the middle of an Eastern and Western Conference finals. We might be two games in, and the MLB season will be a little bit deeper. Um, I think rookie minicamps are already starting up for NFL, which is a lot of fun. Yep, so Shaquan Saquon Barkley, Barkley showed up on time.
1: On time. Looked good in the Giants blue. It still doesn't look as good as a young quarterback, although they're, <laughs> they're saying great things Get about over it. Get I'm over
0: I'm it. Get over <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'll talk to you in about a week.
1: Sounds great, Tom.